Hi, Steve Arnberg here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you are here today, and I am joined today by Jim Burns and Chris Williams, and we're taking your calls. We've got some calls waiting, but first, I want to hear from Jim. You know, I know you have helped so many people in so many areas of their life, uh, but I would love to hear what's on your heart and mind today. Well, you know, I was thinking, Becky, that, and and as I've told you and Chris and others, I love being on New Life. It's just a blast. You know, I, I'm kind of the weird one out in the sense of, uh, you know, I have, I, you know, I have a full-time ministry at Homeward and, you know, these other things, but I love it. One of the things that has surprised me is the amount of calls we get on estrangement. And, mm-hmm. um, and that with even adult children or with others. And I was going to give some, some thoughts about it uh, as, we're, as we're talking. Uh, I had a woman who and was talking about her adult child, but it was her daughter, and her daughter had strayed from faith, was smoking pot, living with her boyfriend, uh, you know, now not wanting to hear anything about Jesus and, you know, the whole thing. And I hear that a lot. And uh, she just couldn't understand why her daughter had blocked her. Her, her calls and, and emails and texts and things. And I, I asked her a question, and I think that's a question for a lot of us who have ever experienced estrangement. And it's this question. I said, do you want to be right? Because you're right. Your daughter is blowing up here. Or, or do you want to improve the relationship? And I think that's a really important question. That's an, a question we can ask, whether it be a marriage, whether it be anybody in estrangement, is do you want to be right? Mm-hmm. Because she kept trying to teach preach at her her daughter and tell her daughter she was wrong she was we did this in another program uh chris you know she was criticizing to correct her to make her change and i said right now i think what she just needs is you to uh not be right just to to listen well let's be honest our adult children let's just i'm just going to go with a standard number our adult children have 18 years of, of listening to our beliefs, <laughs> our right. convictions, That's and so our good. understanding. Yeah. So I don't think year 20 no. is, is the one that they actually be like, oh, I never realized you believed that before. Exactly. Right? Our children know what we believe. They know what our convictions are. We, they know our rights and wrongs and all of that sort of things. But what all of us, I think, are asking is, do I know your love? Yeah. Well, that's really what they're asking. The most yes. important thing they're asking is, do you still love me? Yeah. And I actually said that to that woman. I said, you know, your daughter wants to know if you still love her, not if she knows what you believe mm-hmm. about all this stuff. And uh, and I think it's important for us to, as parents, again, estrangement in so many different ways, sisters, brothers, yeah. whoever. But can we show love and not agree with them? You know, we actually do that pretty well at mm-hmm. work. We do that in other places. And then when it gets to the family, right. we do it terribly. Well, well I, and you mentioned you mentioned that too that it doesn't only just happen in families it does estrangement mm-hmm. is happening everywhere and yeah. it's how do we connect even when you know or how do we say goodbye when right. it's time for them you know that's their choice. Yeah. Right. Chris you were going to say something? I was just going to say that a lot of times if we are the person ghosted or if we're yeah. the person being like what we love to write bad stories on blank spaces. Ooh. And so we've got to be very careful about the stories we are writing in the blank spaces that we actually don't know. Because a lot of times they're bad stories. And a lot of times they're bad stories about ourselves. 
And we have to learn the resiliency to work with the, I don't know. It's painful. It's hard. Right. And I don't know. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you know what? We can be free of the need to have to know all the details. Right, yes, Chris? It's absolutely. Like, that's where yeah. we get into trouble. Well, we want to know the details of what you're dealing with today. So give us the call, 1-800-229-3000. We've got some calls on the board. Thank you, Jim, for sharing about that mm-hmm. because I know estrangement is an issue. And it's become a go-to response. And it's not God's way. We want to do better. We want to be better. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are so glad that you didn't estrange from us. We want you to stay connected. You know, connection is one of the key values here at New Life. We believe in the power of connection and redemptive relationships, and we want that for you, and we want that with you. So I'm glad you're here. We're going to go to the calls, and we are going to talk with MJ, who's calling us from Las Vegas and listens to us on the Internet. Hi, MJ. Thanks for calling, and thanks for waiting. How can we help you today? Hi, um, thank you. Um, well, I have an adult child, a son. Um, he's not quite adult because he's 19, but he's not quite a child because he no longer wants my opinion. Um, <laughs> that sounds like my 12-year-old. <laughs> I, have, I have those too. Um, but my question or whatever it is, um, is, we were talking previously about the adult children, and um, and I've heard things about boundaries. And here I have this child who I've taken was very meticulous in raising. Um, and now, as life would have it, he's had a lot of loss, um, including his father, um, my husband, two years ago. Mm. And he's very angry. Um, and as a surviving parent, I've become a verbal punching bag. And um, he's pretty abusive with all his pain. And um, I want to know, I know he, he needs to feel secure. And he needs to know that he's still loved. But where are the boundaries set? Mm-hmm. Where I have two smaller boys still in the house. Um, I also have uh, my daughter. And uh, I want him in my home. I want to take care of him. But where are the boundaries where I've told him, you know, if you're going to treat me like this and you can't abide by the rules, which the only rule I have really is just come to church with me Sunday. You don't have to believe in what I believe in. I just want you there as my family member next to me. That's the only rule I have. Mm. I feel like it's not a big rule. Um, but the abuse is, is still there, and um, I oh, gosh. don't want to mm. kick him out. But mm-hmm. MJ, mm-hmm. my heart goes out to you and all of the pain that you are dealing with right now. Jim, let's start with yeah. you. MJ, let me clarify real quickly. You lost your husband to death, right? Not a divorce. Yeah. Right? No. He oh. um, he passed away. He okay. I had already... Um, I separated uh-huh. because um, he right. was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and um, it took me about five years mm-hmm. 
to um, not only get the courage, um, it took me about five years for myself to make sure that I wasn't tearing apart the family um, and that there was, that I had exasperated all my options. Yeah. Okay. Um, So after those five years, and this son is, he's my oldest, Mm -hmm. um, he was probably the one that saw the most, and when I say saw the most, was just aware things that couldn't be hidden. Um, right. Uh, Dad would, he would go into the room, um, but he'd be gone for like two, three days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like so a... There's a lot of pain. Right, sure. A lot of pain, and there's a double loss here, because there was the loss in terms of the relationship you know, in terms of the separation and then the loss, you know, in passing. And that's, that's hard on, that's tough on you. That's tough on him. Let me say a couple of things about your 19 year old who doesn't act like an adult, but is an adult, you know, and I'm sure it says to you, I'm an adult, treat me like an adult. Um, Well, he is an adult. He's 19. And I, that means he can go to war that there's certain things he can do. And as hard as it is, even though he's not acting like an adult, I think you've got to give him that passport to adulthood. And part of that is, having adult expectations so uh, when you said the only expectation is that he go to church with you uh, there should be expectations about the abusive and the abusive style and if there isn't uh which is which is actually put on paper perhaps even with a uh you know in writing with him and saying if you continue to treat me like this then what you're saying is you don't want to live in this house i know it's really harsh but the fact well, is, I have. But the, I have. Well, I know. Um, it was the first rule was um, when his dad passed, I let him go. Um, and I understood the anger because I lost my mom. And I mm. I lost my mom, uh, like, right before mm. we lost their dad. So yeah, it's like, okay, God, this really hurts. And I can't imagine being 17 and ha- going through this loss. So I was like, okay, go ahead and mourn. Go ahead and hurt. Which is not something that's ever going to go away, as I'm experiencing. Right. But I told him, "Hey, this disrespect—it's a little—it's mm-hmm. a little much. Your brothers are watching you, mm-hmm. and they're learning from you. You have to respect me." And I fought with him for over a year now so, so, about the respect. So, MJ, if I can jump, I can jump in here just for a second. Yes, sir. I don't want you to make the disrespect about your other children. I don't want you even to make the disrespect about his behavior. I want you to make the disrespect about how it's hurting you. Do you hear me there? Uh, I hear you. I'm uh, not sure. I <laughs> when, comprehend. Son, I can't be your punching bag because your words hurt me. Because here, because here's where boundaries get messed up. We think a boundary is what the, what we're asking the other person to do. That's not a boundary. That's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. A boundary is what I'm going to do as a result of your behavior. That's good. Mm-hmm. But what we start there is that, <clears throat> MJ, a boundary protects that which is valuable. If you don't know what is valuable or the value, the boundary was always going to be either misapplied or it's going to be like a breakaway fence. It's going to be easily knocked down or it's going to be a wall that's going to keep people out. That's not a boundary. Boundary is saying, hey, when you treat me, when you say mean things to me, it hurts. And as a result of that hurt, here is exactly what I'm going to be doing. Mm. 
and I love you and I care for you and I will do anything to help you work through the healing and the anger. And then there's another aspect that I think Jim was talking about here is you use the word that I've meticulously raised him, you know, and I'm trying to protect him. And and oftentimes in homes of addiction and homes of alcoholism, you have a unbelievably underfunctioning addict parent. And so the other parent is going to overfunction. Okay. And you've been telling me that, right? And all the, your descriptions are telling me you're overfunctioning. Now, he can't be mad at dad, right? No, it's like he's forgotten. It's like, exactly. It's, it's very protective it, it, of me. And so yes, his dad passed away. Yes, and then his dad passed yes. away. And now he's a superhero. Well, and they were best friends. And he's painted this whole new reality. Exactly. And yeah. then it, I'm the piece of whatever I am because I well you're the safe I don't know. you're the safe person for his punching bag right right and and I want you to not be the safe person for his punching bag I want you to be the safe person for his grief for his love for his responsibility but no one is safe being his punching bag and especially him it doesn't help him right right Right. Because then, Chris, he gets into the shame cycle. Exactly. Because your son feels badly because he's doing this to you, MJ. Even though he may never come to you and say that, the shame of his behavior is deeply rooted. And so it's a cycle that he gets into where he he cannot get close to you without being uh, abusive. And it's not okay. It's not good for him. And then, you know, it's not good for you. But I love what you just said, Chris, about that boundary thing. What what kind of steps can we help MJ with as far as, like, practically speaking? What would it look like for her to set that boundary to change this dynamic? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is a, is what I call a critical conversation. And I would take your son to a restaurant uh, that he likes or a coffee shop that he likes. And I would have a sit down with him and just be like, hey, I love you. I cannot believe everything that you've been through that we've all been through. I know we're all in pain. I know we don't all know what to do with that. So, But I'm experiencing a lot of pain from your treatment of me. And it hurts. And it hurts me deeply. And I just don't want it to continue. I want to help you. But again, I cannot be your punching bag but i can be your help and if you're mad at me let's get into some counseling and figure this out i mean i feel like i've kind of done that okay Um, and this is going to be bizarro but i almost feel like it's spiritual like yesterday he was prowling and just quietly at the table and he was prowling and first he attacked me and how i managed the house and the finances and then when that didn't rise with make get it, nothing out of me then he attacked me as um at, at me and my faith and, and my belief in god and when that didn't rise me then he attacked me as a mother it was, it was really insane that then i was just like i know i'm a good mom um it, like well well they didn't uh, need his validation yeah, and walked away. And, and i'm not saying that it doesn't have a strong spiritual component but this is anger looking to offload this is hurt mm-hmm. looking to offload. Okay. And so it does need, it, it's like, buddy, I hear that. I hear you're angry. I hear you don't like me. And, and, 
and here don't you don't like the way I'm doing things. To Jim's point, this may be the unwelcomed, painful passport to adulthood, mm-hmm. but this is the way it is. This is the way I know how. And if it doesn't work for you, and if you're going to be critical and abusive of it, it can't be here. It can't be in this home. And, well, and I just want to say, MJ, I don't want this to feel like your own um, battle to wage on your own. It is imperative that you have people around you. So yeah, I would suggest we'll get you connected with a life recovery group, a counselor, somebody that's for you as you take these steps. Because, and Chris and Jim, you guys know, we talked about redemptive relationships, right? It's, it is the, the, you're on your own right now, MJ, trying to fight this battle that you've been fighting literally for years. It's just got a different face on it. And your son's behavior is um, not okay. It's not safe. And I'm glad that you called, but I, I, this is, those are the next steps that have to take place is um, to have people around you that can help you. Do you have people in your life that are the go-to or no? You know, <laughs> I, I really, I, I do feel alone. Um, mm. you know, two people that love my children unconditionally are both gone. So mm. I feel this is mm. a, a very lonely road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, MJ, this is, I want you to, we will get you connected with some folks because you have to do that community kind of approach. And and it's usually the thing that we avoid, right? It's like, you know, this is all on me and this is my family and I don't want to cause any trouble for anybody else. Nobody else will know how to deal with it. But it could be the basic thing where you start with a recovery group. And it could be the counselor, and then you move to the next thing. And it's it's building that momentum. Um, Jim, do you have anything yeah. else that we can offer to MJ? You know, MJ, if we were sitting having a cup of coffee, and you know, I've only known you for seven, eight <laughs> minutes, I would say you're an amazing mom. You've got a lot of loss in your life. There's been a lot of things. And I would want to cheer you on. Mm. Now, I think you yeah. need somebody with hands and you know, mm-hmm. a mouth um, in your in your area where you live, who who will do that for you and with you too? Um, you know, my wife she teaches a Bible study on Tuesday nights, and it's all women who have some stories kind of like yours, and they love each other and they support each other and they laugh and they cry and they pray, you know. And I have found that that's their lifeline. They've been doing it for fourteen yes. years. Yeah. Find those people too in the midst of that, yeah. and and uh, don't don't do this alone. And know that God is there and he loves you and he stands beside you and behind you and in front of you. But also know that that you've got to have some God, our Lord, with hands and mouthpieces. And sometimes that's our friends and fellowship. MJ, we're going to connect you. We've got counselors in that area as well as life recovery groups. But we also, um, you know, if if you want to spend the day with us on um, March, I think it's 26, Chris, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do emotional freedom online. And we would love for you to find that connection as well. We'll be praying for you and your family. Um, this is tough. March 16th is emotional freedom. I'll be right back. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. I'm Steve Arterburn with a New Life Moment. 
A ship called the Globe arrived on the shores of Hawaii in 1825, and the crew was far outnumbered by thousands of dark-skinned islanders. But amazingly, the native people treated the crew members like gods. The crew's fair skin, glimmering brass buttons, and huge ship impressed the islanders. In addition, the crew perpetuated a lie, convincing the islanders that although outnumbered, they could easily overpower them with supernatural force. Pinned into a journal of the voyage, that day was the profound entry, so ready is the human mind to receive for truth what it cannot comprehend, that it may be at variance with everything in nature or reason. Little has changed in the minds of men and women since the globe's voyage. Much of what is passed off as truth, or at least knowledge, is a lie, and often is motivated by a desire for control and to possess. What lies do you believe? Well, visit newlife.com. I'm Stephen Arterburn, and thanks for listening to this New Life Moment. Wow, that is such a powerful word from Steve. You know, when you think about the lies that we believe, and I always quote Mark Cameron's uh, quote where he says, belief is an anchor, and it's the lies can keep us stuck. And similar to what we were just listening to with MJ, the lies of, you know, it's all on her. Mm -hmm. And you don't even recognize that that's part of the lie. I just, I appreciate that uh, wisdom from Steve and uh, love to hear it. Well, well, and Becky, um, Becky, I just want to add what Steve was saying is that that desire for control and dominance. Mm-hmm. We will believe anything if it gives us a sense of power, control, or dominance. You know, and, and so we've got to. This is, this is we're anchored in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. as I am Amen. going back through the Sermon on the Mount this year, I am just amazed at how much. God is introducing us to a completely different way of thinking, understanding, and most importantly, doing. That I love that, that, I love that, that releases our need for power and dominance. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So true. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to go back to the calls. We're going to talk with Betty, who's calling us from Sherman, Texas. Listen's on SiriusXM. Hello, Betty. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you today? Good morning. How are y'all? Doing well. Good. I have a question. I guess my first question is, how can my daughter get forgiveness? She, uh, about three years ago, she has a a now eight-year-old daughter. She was five at the time. My son, who is older, has a, had a 11-year-old daughter at the time. My five-year-old granddaughter uh, was caught doing something inappropriate, and my daughter just freaked out and you know, started grilling her. What? How'd you learn that? And all that kind of stuff. Well, she said that her eleven her eleven year old cousin had told her how to do showed her how to do that. Um. So, my daughter called me and was talk, talking to me about it, and I told her, you know, sometimes kids do things like that. You know, it's part of growing up. Wait and see if there's any other you know effects. Well, she didn't wait. Her and her husband decided to call CPS. So CPS got involved. Um, since then, they've not found any fault. My, you know, my granddaughter, the five-year-old, says no that uh, her cousin didn't show her how to do that, and that she's never done anything. So my daughter has called and texted my son and my daughter-in-law, you know, a few times begging for forgiveness. You know that she was sorry. She shouldn't have done that. Um, they should have talked about it and, and worked it out between themselves. But my son and daughter-in-law do not forgive. They, they refuse to forgive her. 
except for the kids, none of my grandkids. I have seven of them. They can't play together. They can't be together. You know, the, we grew up as a very close family. Um, I mean, they, you know, they lived like, you know, across the street from me. Um, they've since moved. Um, if I have one kid's kid, grandkids at my house, the other set of grandkids can't come over. Mm. Um, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard living that close to keep them separated. And my daughter wants That's to be forgiven, but she doesn't know how to go about doing it. And I don't, I can't, I don't know how to keep going with my kids not, you know, not being yes. a family. Yeah. That is so hard, Betty. It's hard. It's all, it's very difficult. But this is that topic that you started to talk about, right, Jim, with the estrangement, yeah. and it's going right yeah. down to the family. What would you suggest that Betty could do? You know, Betty, I don't I don't think there are easy answers. And, you know, as a parent, we want to fix sometimes things that, you know, don't didn't work out right i think your daughter has done it right to be honest in terms of coming right back at her her brother saying please forgive me you know i'm i'm sorry i should have talked to you first you know we do need to protect our children what she did was was right she you know we and and when even sometimes we have to call cps nobody loves that call and nobody thinks that's a great thing to do um sometimes healing takes a time and i would suggest if there's any way pray that in the next couple of years there's just a moment where maybe those grandkids can help you <laughs> where they do come together for a short short time and yeah. uh, and they see that it's p- positive and then there's a baby step and then it kind of keeps going because i don't think there are you know easy answers here and and i would suggest that this is where you do want to get a counselor involved and maybe they can one day moderate a, a conversation maybe they are not ready for it yet but they could moderate that conversation um, because I wish I could tell you that this is, there's a simple answer. I don't think there is. No, there yeah. isn't. Um, we're going to take a break, Betty, and we'll be back and hear from Chris. But one of the things that I was thinking is that um, as hard as it is to keep them separate, Betty, this is what they want right now. Yeah. And you being in touch with both of them is really a great thing. Yeah. That, you know, that you're maintaining that yeah. connection. And yes, it would be great if everybody could just be together and get along Um, but for the time being this is where you are but let's hear from chris after this break and we've got some more calls lined up we're glad that you called betty i think we can help you we'll be right back today's podcast is brought to you by club new life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very very difficult places to find out more about club new life you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, today's February 1st, and Valentine's Day is 13 days away. Just giving you the forewarning. But listen, 
A better way to spend your Valentine's Day is to join us at Intimacy and Marriage. If you are married, instead of spending money on chocolates and jewelry and all that kind of stuff, come and spend the weekend with us at the Intimacy and Marriage Intensive. It can make all the difference in your marriage, and it is priceless. We will help you get there. We've got scholarships as well as um, we just want you to um, have that marriage that God has designed for you to have. Now, we're going to go back to the calls. We are talking with Betty, who's got a family situation that's really heartbreaking. Um, And uh, before the break, I said, Betty, you're doing a great job balancing the two families. Um, But let's hear from Chris and see what direction he might take us in. Yeah, so Betty, this is a really tough, really tough, because as we've mentioned, you're, you're in the middle, and you love both, both your children and their families, and want to see them together. And you're, you can't make the change happen that you would like to make happen. And, yes. and so what I would encourage you with is to find a greater peace in yourself in the midst of, the, of this really, really difficult situation. But, but I will say this. Like, we can, we can play this out pretty clearly, right? The 11-year-old... And what happened with her had to have been an incredibly traumatic and shameful experience, shame, yeah. shame-driven experience, right? Now, yeah. in those painful, shame-driven experiences, our bodies, especially the parents, are going to say something to themselves and make a covenant. It may not be conscious, but it's strong. And that covenant is simply this. Never, ever let this happen again. Yeah. And, and I understand that. Yeah. And, and, I understand that. And, and your daughter and her family, you know, for, for the younger, for the five-year-old, however old she is today, you know, it's just like, oh, I, we, we did this. Maybe it was overreaction, and we're so sorry. And all of these things are in this cultural stew of seeing sexual abuse and its impact over the course of a lifetime seeing, you know, and, and sometimes shame messaging around sec- sexuality and sexual development in children. And so it's so charged. Yeah. What I would encourage anyone in part of this is to de-charge it. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that happened. And, yeah. and sex and sexual development is a thing that happens. And it's a good thing that happens. And in the midst of this, what we want to be able to do, and, and, and again, this is not uh, unfortunately in your control, but I oftentimes talk about this acronym, OR. There's a great divide. There's a body of water in between that divide, and if you want to get across it, the divide is a rupture. You need, you're going to get in a boat, but you need your OR, O-A-R. Ownership, yeah. apology, and repair. Mm. Now, one <laughs> row doesn't get you across the water. <laughs> right? Yeah, Got it? So that may be an or that's exercised over and over and over again. I'm going to continue to own what happened. And owning it, maybe they're like what Jim suggested, is a conversation with a facilitator that your daughter can talk about, here is what happened inside of me. This is not an excuse. But this, I just want you to be aware of what's happened inside of me and how I reacted to that and how I'm working on that. So we're in a much safer place. And can we do an incremental, like, you know, half hour hangout with all the adults in the room? You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And start easing back into yeah. that because that or may have to be exercised over this great body of water over and over and over again. I love that. True. Yeah. Well, great analogy. 
That, that I love sense. that. Betty, one of my hopes for you is that down the road, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but down the road that um, because they both love you and because they both trust you, that you might be the person not to be their counselor, but you might be the person to bring them into a conversation. I can imagine this where I've seen this so many different times where there's a moderator. It might be a counselor. It might be a pastor or somebody, but, but there's somebody who's not taking sides and right. who who gives them the opportunity to have a, a safe conversation mm-hmm. you could be present but a safe conversation but not that you're leading that it's it's somebody else who's nah. who who has that mm-hmm. that's my dream for you because again in that safe conversation there can be some some things said that will be hurtful there'll be some things said that'll be painful but there'll also be some some things said that will you know bring them toward love it's like siblings i mean you know their sibling rivalry there was yeah, probably sibling yeah. rivalry with those two but they do love each other you know how sometimes you yeah. you'll see this with your own children they they hated each other and then 10 minutes later they're best friends so yeah. one day is that my dream for you is that literally there would be that coming together and it might take one conversation mm-hmm. and like what chris kind of mentioned it may take a number of conversations to get to use that or if you would so you know I, pray for that and pray that that yeah. that literally God, in, God wants the same thing, and that you know pray that God you know can help inter, intervene, um, but be looking for that. It may means yeah. it may mean that you're talking with somebody and they kind of give you the wisdom on how to pull something like that together. And again, it, it's that. not going to happen maybe tomorrow. It may happen next week, next month, next yeah. two years. Yeah. Well, and that's the long game, right? We mm-hmm. will get you in touch with a counselor that can help you, mm-hmm. um, not only your own process, but connect in the family. And I'm going to send you a copy of Jim's book, Doing Life with Your Adult Children, because that's what you're doing right now. And I think that it'll give you some wisdom. And we'll be praying for your family uh, and for just healing and reconciliation. We would love to see that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to the calls. And we're going to talk with uh, David, who's calling us from Philadelphia. Listens on WBYN. Hello, David. Thanks for calling. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you today? Hello, guys. Uh, been listening to you guys for 13 years. Uh, an attractive trailer driver. Uh, just wanted to know uh, the difference between physical burnout and mental burnout. And where can okay. I finally get to speak to someone about it? Okay. David, I have, I have a word for that. It's called burnout. <laughs> it's because our our mind and our body are in conjunction sure. here. They're working. They're working with each other, hopefully. But they're they're. It's it's the body, and so it's telling me things that I've never experienced before. I've been driving tractor trailers for thirty years, fourteen hours a day. Get up and four. Get home. Coaching. I mean, yeah, doing the weekends, travel games, and I, I, I the body's feeling. It, oh, it just wants to. Yeah. Um, so, so David, I'm I'm coaching yeah. some travel baseball myself, oh. some little league. It's it's its own, it's its own racket, right? It's its own full time job. It's not even fun anymore. Right? Well, and and but that's and that's the point, man. Like I could only dream to have your work ethic, and I really mean that. I'm not working 14 hours a day. Because wow. because my body will not work fourteen hours a day, you know it just won't do that, you know. Or if I do that, I'm going to hit burnout. Yeah. And I I'm gonna give you one thing. And I'm gonna toss it back over to Jim, and that is, 
you have forgotten something essential that guys like you and I forget all the time. We work hard. We, we want to provide for our children. We do these great experiences. But what we forget is that we are the asset. You are the asset. Your condition matters. When you don't work well, when your body and your mind don't work well, and I'll put me into that, when we don't work well, nothing around us will work well. Wow, yeah. Right? So it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got we to gotta lift the hood underneath <laughs> our, our mind and our heart and be like, okay, what's going on here? And, and what are maybe some hard and difficult changes that we're going to make so mm-hmm. that we can, so we can show up better? Because you, what, what you're telling me is I want to show up well for the people in front of me. Well, you're going to have to show up well for yourself for a while now. Wow, which I've always neglected. Yes, yes, yes. You know, great people like you and I, and I just so appreciate that. Even on weekends, here after you've worked so hard, you're you know you're still doing the you know the sports stuff with family. But great people like you, they sometimes are the ones who really need to stop and get an assessment of what it is. Mm -hmm. Literally, open the hood and take a look in there and sometimes we don't like what we see one of the reasons why we don't do that is because we don't like what we see or what, we're, what we <laughs> yeah. think we might see you know when we open I that hood on a move i just can't I, yeah. just, even on weekends when i'm moving and mm-hmm. i could be home even reading the bible and, and, mm. and i find some 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 kind of relaxation mm-hmm. but it, it, ultimately i'm thinking about the next thing i gotta sure do. sure and sure, sure. yeah yeah, and, yeah. So. and sometimes what we need to do is just you know literally you know, stop <laughs> yeah. and get that assessment. And to be honest, you can't do what you're doing for the long haul because something's right. going to break down. It sounds like things are breaking down. And that might be God's way of either whispering or shouting yeah. to you. It's time to, uh, to, to change, change something up. And those are, yeah. and change is hard. Nobody likes change. You know, C.S. Lewis said change is one of the hardest things we can ever do with our life. And yet change is good. <laughs> Both sometimes what you've been doing for so long may not be working now for you. So get that assessment. Go get the wisdom and find out what it is if you don't know what it is and then make some make some changes. Yeah, and you know, David, sometimes once you start in that direction, you actually start feeling some relief mm-hmm. because right now it's this nagging feeling that you know needs being addressed, but you don't know how to do it. We're going to send you a copy of Take Your Life Back. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I forgot to mention earlier that uh, we have an early bird rate that ends tomorrow for intimacy and marriage intensive. And so, um, like I said before, you can get in on that bargain and it'll be the best Valentine's Day gift ever. You will be remembered for um, the love and the care that you gave your spouse. So I hope you'll see us there. We're going to go to our final caller today and we're going to talk with Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for calling. She's calling us from L.A., listens on KKLA. And we're glad you waited. How can we help you today, Teresa? Hi. uh, Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so grateful for um, just how you help. Uh, I hear a lot of women calling for relational issues, and I have something similar. I was listening to the station yesterday about, um, you know, a woman that was dealing with a husband that was unfaithful. Um, That's my story, plus it's compounded with, uh, domestic violence and a custody mm-hmm. battle. 
So um, I'm a believer. I've, I've always been all about the Bible and all about doing God's will. And the father of my baby knows the word of God, but he doesn't obey the word of God. And so I always find myself wrestling with him, uh, figuratively speaking, um, in terms of, hey, you have to follow what the word says. God wants us to live a united life. God wants us. To, God wants fidelity. He wants loyalty. And I, I find myself preaching to him, and it seems like it doesn't get through to him. And when it does, it's very short-lived. And then he goes and, and continues on in his carnal habits. And so what happened was that he was unfaithful to me throughout my pregnancy, and he was also abusive. So I left him, and I gave birth in another state and with my family and then uh, he kind of convinced me to go back to him that he would change and he would go to counseling and I really wanted the family together so I believed them. I went back and then we had an argument and he ended up strangling me. So CPS was oh, called goodness. after I had, yeah, after I had left to a family shelter and uh, everything was kind of like blamed on me. Um, oh, she has mental health issues, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was just an exaggeration of the truth. Um, and so he ends up getting custody because he had more money to pay for a private attorney. And I um, had a public defender that really didn't try. So he ended up getting the child. Uh, you know, I have to go and visit the child through video chat. And sometimes I'll visit the state where my child's in with him. And... Uh, and it's once every couple of months when I can afford it. And now he's saying that I should pay for childcare, which I find it ironic mm. that he would want me to give him any money at all. Not that I don't want to give money towards my son, but I find it ironic that he planned this entire thing with CPS, framed me as a bad mom, and then ended up taking my child from me, knowing that it's the complete opposite of what he said to them. He just didn't want to tell the authorities that he had strangled me because he could go to prison Teresa? for that. So he, right. Yeah. Well, it's a very difficult situation. We only have a few minutes left and I want to give Jim and Chris some time to maybe get you, uh, you know, some pointers right. on what are next steps. Uh, Chris, where would you begin? Yeah. Well, Teresa, did you report the violent acts? I did, and he denied everything, I, I, and I could not believe it. Like, he just kept saying that he didn't do anything, that I'm crazy, um, gaslit me the entire time. I went to support groups, told them the story. The women there believed me because it's true. Well, let me, let me, and so I had that. L- l- mm-hmm. Let me jump in. It's really, really important that all of the incidences of right. violence and damaging behavior are both documented and reported. And they were. Okay. They were. And okay. The and then is, I feel like that particular community was very biased against me, and they kind of took his wh- side. And, and are you talking about the? Are you talking about the the community? Are you talking about the local municipality? The municipality, his family, uh, okay. the, the city. Like so, it was an entire attack against my life. Okay. So and I, and I ran so th- for my life. It felt like David running away from Paul. I, I, yes, I understand this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple things here really quickly. First, um, obviously, telling him who who he should be as a Christian man is completely ineffectual. So don't worry about that. That's that's his business. Uh, see him for the dangerous person that he is. This is all a part of the the game plan of a person who's a narcissistic abuser. Mm-hmm. He'll flip everything mm-hmm. on you. 
But one yeah. of the dangerous things here is that if you're the recipient of that abuse, you then start to believe that you're crazy or you're yeah. going crazy. And so right. this is where it's critically important for you to continue to get into really good counsel and support because you're going mm-hmm. to, you're go- it sounds like you're going to have a long le- legal battle ahead of you that's really important. Yeah. Okay? Yes. And your mm-hmm. clarity and of heart and mind is really important here. So taking yes, care of you I is... Yes, and I have been... Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, that's okay. I have been in church, and I told them the story, and I have been getting encouragement from ha- all my brothers and sisters that's, in Christ. That's great. Have you been in counsel? Have you seen a therapist? Oh, yeah. I've been seeing a therapist. and Great. And it's exactly true what you're saying. Like, I feel like they manipulate everything and they create a new reality. Yes. Uh, And it makes you look like, even though you know that this factually happened, it makes you feel like, wow, they're so powerful with their mind. They're able to create a huge new reality, deny everything. So, Teresa... And then, so, Teresa, yeah. with we only have like a minute or so left, and I want to give Jim a yeah. minute to share. Yeah, yeah. Teresa, I'm going to suggest that uh, you make sure that you you have that counselor that you're talking with or whoever. They can help you because there's uh, the fact is is they can discern, they can understand, and they can get on your side. So, you know, unfortunately, you had a tough deal on the with your attorney situation. But with a counselor, they can, they can say, no, this, this mother is, you know, a, a good mother and this stuff did happen. Let them do the talking for you. But to do that, you're going to have to spend that time with them uh, because, you know, I mean, the law actually wants you to have a relationship with your children. And to do that right means that they can help you um, even even in terms of what's going to happen in court cases, but uh, get as as healthy as you possibly can with the right people. And it sounds like you're getting great support from your church and whatnot, and that's so good and so great. Now make sure that you're getting the right psychological help who can actually help you um, when it comes to the court case as well, because there's going to be a court more court cases. It sounds like. Yes, I, I agree with that. Chris, do you have any final words? And- my, my final words is this, is, Teresa, you're going to need to continue to get grounded in reality because one of the things that he wants you to adopt is what's called a victim mindset. And the victim mindset or the victimhood mindset is one that will convince you that no matter what you do, it will not work. It keeps you in a place of utter powerlessness. He is more scared of you than you are of him. I want to put that out there right now because I know that that's true. You need to find and and get the the resources to get your power back, your strength back, and know that he's now messed with the wrong person. Yeah, the I, I would also encourage you. Uh, we can get you connected with Life Recovery Group along with your counselor, and uh, even a domestic abuse survivors group. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the, good. Just to learn the strength that you have, Teresa. We'll be praying for this situation. You know, it's it's really tough when you get into a place where you you tell your story because it's so unbelievable, right? Like you just cannot believe this is happening because you've done all the things that you were supposed to do. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Lean into the people who are around you, like the counselors, like the group people. We will help you get connected with a group. There is hope. We're going to help you through that. 
Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, listeners. Remember, you can call us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you'd take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.